Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. So what is this? What are we doing? Money Mondays. Oh every Monday, my 3.30 Central. Welcome, everybody. 3.30-ish, right? Yeah. Ben's might... a little bit late. He needs to get his his powder <laughs> on the face and you know, kind of get his hair slicked back a little if, bit. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the hair. You know, I got to get, I got to run a comb through it's it every, every day, every day. So what are we talking about today, man? We're talking about Money Mondays, and we're talking about managing investor relations part two. We talked about this last week. No, two weeks ago. Two, two weeks ago. I'm oh, sorry. Where's and, your coffee uh, at, man? Come on. No, I'm already done with it. Um, and, you know, basically just kind of talking through, right, investor relations is an important part of the role, yeah. important part of the business, and so really kind of talking through what that looks like, right, what are some key things to manage. And really, it's kind of complement what we did two weeks ago. We had a lot of interest, a lot of people were excited, so we figured, no, hey, let's do a second round. So. And this was, and, and when we had Tarek on a couple weeks ago when Ferris was out, um, not working, because, you know, somebody has to stay here and do some stuff, right? You know, but anyway, it was kind of high level, folks, right? So there's a couple of things that go along with investor relations, right? It's ultimately getting new investors in, right? And talking with them, onboarding them into your CRM, right? And then there's the back part of the process, right? Managing them on a monthly basis, whether it be through newsletters, if they're not a current investor, or if they are a current investor, keeping them posted on your current deals through, you know, your, your monthly updates or quarterly for some folks, right? But we do monthly. But there's this whole process in between, right? That, that really um, can make or break a relationship between a syndication group and an investor, right? And you need to not be able to, you don't, you don't want to fumble through this, right? And what do I mean by that, right? There's a, there's a time when you launch a deal and then you get somebody into that deal, right? And what happens in between that time, right? And I think we've, through tough hardships and, you know, um, challenges and doing it the wrong way and, and trying different things, you know, we've kind of refined that process to this day and, and I think we've gotten pretty good at it, right? So, you know, typically what, we're, what I'm going to talk about today is... mastered... I think, I we, do, I think we do a good job. We can still, we, we're still, we're, iter- I, I we're iterating on it. A minus. Yeah, A-. I think that that's actually a good score, right? Whereas... It's higher you, than Ben ever got in school. That's true. Well, actually, yeah, that's probably, that's probably true, right? But... We have to continue to be better, right? And so we're always looking for ways to refine and streamline the process. But essentially what happens, right? So let's start from the beginning, right? You're launching a deal, right? So typically, you know, you're, we how we do it, right, is we send out a teaser email and we get people into a funnel where it's essentially like, hey, if you're interested in learning more, register for this webinar, right? And then a few weeks later, kind of go by, maybe a week later, we actually launch the webinar, right? And as part of that webinar launch process, we're going to also launch the paperwork for the, for the uh, investment as well, right? Now, people are going to say, okay, well, that's pretty easy. You know, we just have people watch a video and they go fill out paperwork. Well, there's a whole tons of things that have to happen in between that, right? Because what ends up happening is that people will say that they're going to fill out paperwork and then they're not. They're not going to be able to sign online or they're going to have challenges opening this or that. So what we've done is we've essentially had Tarek be kind of our liaison, right? And he's white gloves the whole entire process for people, right? So he'll load it all up into HelloSign, which is like a DocuSign knockoff. And all, all they have to do is really literally get in, fill out a few pieces of information, right? Because he's done a lot of it for them. They have to sign and it's done, right? So that's the paperwork process, right? Now, on top of that, you have to track their investments, right? And we do that through IMS. We're going to another platform, which we'll announce here in a couple weeks. Yep. 
um, you know, that, to it. that we're, we're excited about, and, you know, that's going to make th that process even more streamlined. Um, and that's a way that we can kind of track everybody's different investments, right? But now you've gotten the paperwork, you've tracked who's investing in what, right? But now you need to get the wire, right? So there's a whole process of having to chase people and making sure that things are actually getting getting taken care of. Once again, I think this new platform is going to track that more yeah, efficiently. Yeah, and, you know, and you're talking a lot about really the raise side of things. Yeah, right? yeah this is but, the in-between, right? Getting people on board and under the deal. On that first episode, there's a lot that happens beforehand mm -hmm. around finding investors, meeting investors, how do you build that rapport, right? You know, essentially, someone investing in your deal is like getting married to yeah. some extent, right? It takes a lot of dates beforehand, right, to get to know somebody. Yep. And so really, it's doing that, now that you've gotten them through kind of the door, mm -hmm. right, what does it look like from then on, right? In terms of, like Ben's talking about, how do you handle the process? How do you handle the post-process? So that's really yep. kind of the focus of today's presentation. Yeah. So you load, you load the paperwork up into their IMS profile, and IMS is Investor Management Systems, right? And that's just each person's got the ability to, to log on to their profile and see all the investments that they have, right? And it can be various investments with various indicators, right? And that's where we, we typically are going to load up the subscription agreement, the company agreement, all the signature pages, everything's there. And then on a monthly basis, we also load up the, the financials there as well. So it's a one-stop shop for our investors, right? And that's going to ultimately show, you know, I mean, what percentage of the deal do they own? Right? So that's kind of the, that's actually maybe probably the more straightforward part of the process, yeah. right? But as, as a syndicator, the more challenging part is, because it's real easy to do that hello sign thing. You know, the way that we've set it up, it takes maybe 10 minutes. Yep. You know, now you actually have to get people to actually send in the money. And that's where it gets a little bit challenging, right? Yeah, some, some systems will allow you to do it online, but ultimately, yep. you got to realize, right, most investors don't wire 50, 7,500, $200,000 slugs of money yeah. for anything besides their Buying house. Buying a house, yeah. So you're going to have to kind of realize that and help put in a process that people are comfortable with, right? Yep. People can trust and have faith in, right? Because again, they're going to be nervous. And so really mm -hmm. think through that and how you deliver that, right? Investing needs to be an experience. It's not just a thing. Yeah. So. No, that's, that's, that's actually a great point, right? I've got you, plenty of them, Ben. You, here all you're day. doing a great job, man. You're doing a great job. So you have, to, you have to ultimately create a good customer service situation here, right? If you fumble through this, you're not, you're not responding to their questions or their concerns. You're not getting back to them quickly. Ultimately, they're going to have a bad experience. That's the, that's, this is literally leading into a, a partnership that's going to last the next five to seven years, right? And you want to stumble right out of the gate. So you need to think through this whole entire process and, and make it as streamlined and easy for them and seamless for them as possible, right? So... You've, they've, they've signed the paperwork. Paperwork goes to IMS. That's where all, that's their hub, right? That's their portal, right? Now you got to go chase them for the wire transfer. But as Ferris mentioned, right, most people don't wire $50,000, $100,000, you know, just on, you know, on faith, right? So at the end of the day, you provide them with the bank account details, but you ask them to call in and obviously, you know, um, verify that the bank account information is correct, right? There's a lot of wire fraud that's going on right now, and it has been for quite some time, and you, people need to be safe. People should not just be wiring in money just based on some PDF, right? So we always ask them to call, verify, we'll verify the, the wire transfer instructions, and they can take that to their bank and ultimately make the wire. Now, that's if things go smoothly. Most of the time, you're, you're, you're pushing, you're prodding, you're following up, you're having to you know, go through a process with people yeah, to actually get them to wire the money. And I realize investors are busy people too. Yes. The more you can put it on a silver platter, the better it is for you. Yep. Right, and at the same time, 
you're going to have to follow up, right? Because some people don't realize where they are in the process. They thought they told their bank to go do it, and the bank came back and hasn't yeah. done it. They thought they told their CPA. whatever, their, their trust custodian, yeah. their IRA. I mean, who knows what, but it's your job to kind of keep them abreast of the process. Don't wait until you're a couple of days for closing and then figure out who's yeah, lingering. You know, so right now we're tracking that obviously within IMS, you know, to keep it a little bit more organized. And, and I think the next, you know, platform is going to make it even more seamless. But you need to realize, hey, I've got these five people that I'm still chasing for wires, right? And then there's going to be two one-off things, right? One's going to be the IRA, right? So the IRA typically is going to expect maybe a little bit more paperwork involved in the process. You might have to stamp some things, sign some additional things, provide some additional documentation. And ultimately realize, folks, that it takes two to four weeks for people to process an IRA transfer. It's not like an overnight process where somebody has the $100,000 sitting in their bank account. So you need to probably prioritize those IRA investors ahead of the cash investors because they're going to take a little bit more hand-holding and a lot more time to actually process. The other people, too, is the, the second edge case is going to be the people that, for whatever reason, want to send us a check. <laughs> and we've had that before. And that's not always, that's not always a, um, something that we want to see, right? Because checks obviously can, can have their own risks involved. But sometimes, for whatever reason, people have done that, right? And just be you know, having a, a place where they can mail the check and having a mechanism to go and quickly get it deposited because sometimes, right, the, the checks, especially bigger checks, are going to take, they might have a hold on them, right? It could be two to four weeks. If you're waiting for your one of your last investors and they have a big chunk of money and, you know, it takes three weeks for the, for the check to clear, that can blow up your deal. So just take that into consideration too. But I would say that's a very, very small edge case. And there's probably 99% of the people are going to do wire transfers. So... You're needing to check that, and ultimately, as part of your closing process, right, what your lender is going to expect you to provide is what's called an Exhibit A in our world, right? And what is an Exhibit A? That's a roster of all of the, the investors on the deal, the ownership percentages, the, how many shares they own, how much money they put into it, what their information is, and ultimately, all their company uh, agreement signature pages, right? The lender is going to want all that in a zip file before because they're trying to track and say who's all an owner in here and they're trying to verify that nobody is more than 20% owner in the deal, right? So there's a lot that's going on, folks. And, and you know, ultimately we can maybe include this as part of a future checklist just to kind of give you guys some, some, some more information on how we kind of track this stuff. But you need to realize that you, you have to have this all lined out. You can't fumble through it because, once again, this might be the first opportunity that you've gotten somebody to invest in your deal. And if you make it a rotten, op, a rotten situation or, or process, they're probably going to be less likely to invest in you in the future. Absolutely. Right? So, so Money Mondays, we do this every Monday, 3.30 Central. Right? We're talking about investor relations part two. Yep. But, again, you can feel free to ask any questions. So we, do, we'll, we will do Q&A the last couple minutes. Yep. If you have questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and drop them. We can go start going through some of those. I know we had one question come in from Instagram, actually. Yep. Um, the question is ultimately at what point in time should you look into getting an investor management system? Right. And you know, I think I think there, there's costs involved. There right? are costs involved. I would actually say the sooner you can afford it, the better. Yeah, I would say right. Too, it too. makes life a lot easier. It helps you avoid making mistakes. Right. There are some people we know that don't have them. Right. And it's a challenge for them to do distributions. Right. Like for us, we do monthly distributions. Right. We would not be able to do that without a proper system. No, I agree. I agree. And so, really, uh, the sooner the better. Right. And keep that in mind. I mean, it it, it will give you back time in other ways. 
So um, yeah, yeah, no, it's one of those. Answer. It's Just, one of those. And, one and, of those. You know, once you get past fifty investors, like it's going to become a headache for you to manage them otherwise too. So the other the other thing that I'm not talking about too, which is another big reason why you should have an investor management system, is the K ones. Right, yeah. because you should not be emailing K ones around, even unless you have some kind of a secure way or a portal that they can go to. Right, um, and most people aren't just going to have that willy nilly. So the investor management system allows you to bulk upload K ones to your investors, and that because because that's something that I manage has been a game changer for us. Right, um, because ultimately when I first started out, first deal, um, I was emailing K ones. Right, you know, and, and coming from IT. That's not the most secure way to do that, folks, right? So this is important information. This is, you know, um, sensitive information, and it needs to be handled as such. And so these investor management platforms allow that to be done in a secure way and in, in a seamless way, yep. right? So we had gotten a couple questions in, um, you know, before this uh, today, and I want to kind of go through those. So what should your monthly or what should you include in your monthly investor updates? And, you know, I mean, I'm just going to say this is once again going about this is post-close, um, we do monthly. Some people do quarterly. We typically have an executive summary, high-level numbers, so people can quickly get in and see, you know, um, how the the property is performing. And then, as part of that, we include the full financial package that we get from our property management company, right? So, not everybody does it that way. That's how we want to do it. We want to just be completely transparent. Um, you know, we want to do that on a monthly basis because with these deals, a lot can happen in a month. So if you wait, if you wait for a quarter, the, the deal could have fundamentally changed at that point. So um, another question, how do you stay in touch with your current investors? Ultimately, email is the best way to do it, right? You know, I mean, we try to, you know, keep our brand out in front of people too yeah, through stuff like that. But up. I mean, email is general one, but also yeah. certain investors Ben will communicate with or yeah. I'll communicate with, right? You want to give that personal touch regardless of how big you Absolutely. grow. It makes life better for everybody. People enjoy that. People invest with you not because of the deal. It's because they like no and trust you. No, it's absolutely. Right? You're, you're, so you're, you want to do those kinds of things to really help build that rapport. And then obviously present the deal with them. Because if your deals aren't performing, they're not going to, regardless if they like no and trust you, they're going to lose that trust piece of it. Yeah, so. you need to. And, and, and always be willing to hop on the phone and, and explain the challenges that you might be going through, right? You yeah. know, I mean, that's, you know, when, when everything's going great and distributions are flowing and there's no challenges, which I, you know, I'm going to be honest, if anybody thinks that everything is rosy every single day, is just lying to you. But, you know, whenever that, whenever it does get challenging, right, you need to over-communicate, right? And so I'd say during COVID, all the way up until a few months ago, we were doing bi-monthly updates, right, to our investors, which was, was very much appreciated. And then if anybody wanted a little bit more of a touch and, you know, hey, give me a little bit more color, I would just set up a call with them. And that, that's, even to this day, I probably have, I'd say 20 or 30 investor calls a month, just with current investors and, and potential investors that I think are, you know, um, going to be, you know, some folks that we want to, you know, do some more business with. And it's great because it helps, you know, Ben get the talking out of his system so he can talk less in other ways, right? There you go. Ben loves talking shop, so nothing wrong with that. No, no, no you know. And I it's mean, fun to talk to investors, right? You learn that people are up to what's going on in their world. Some of these people world. got some really cool I mean, yeah, lives, they're, it's, dude. it's really cool to see what they're up to, so. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always amazed at how and these guys I'll, and gals and have made their money. I will say this is a golden nugget. The more you build rapport with that one investor, that investor probably has friends too. They absolutely have so, friends, folks. You know, you want to so, be that guy that they think of. I, I love that. Don't underestimate the power of just communicating with these folks, right? And and taking care of them. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, right? Make that process as seamless as possible. You're probably gonna stumble through it the first couple times and you'll learn, you know, the best practices just like we did. But try to think through that and, and learn that process because the better you make it, the the more likely they are to probably come back. 
Absolutely. Um, so well, one see, last. So, wait, let me uh, go through uh, a few couple uh, quick uh, questions uh, uh, and keep going. Let's do it. So let's see. So Ali Abdullah says Ferris was residential uh, RE experience enough to get you started on commercial real estate because he said in previous videos he didn't take any boot camp and didn't have any finance background. Um, I would say it was right. I mean, I learned a lot on the residential side, but ultimately I got educated on the commercial side, right? Yeah. Bootcamp is not the only way to get educated. I read books, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I knew enough to be dangerous and kind of hop in and make sure you know the big things, right? And then, you know, figure the rest out as long as you go, right? Bring in partners is another way people do it, right? Get, you know, and it's not about your first deal. Don't think about it as you just going to, you're going to hit a home run on that first deal. It's not about making all the money on that deal. It's about performing and giving up Hit a double, to get folks. educated. Uh, hitting yeah. a double these days is great. Don't ever, you know, because the other, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make a point here. Trying to look for that home run deal, you'll be looking for a long time at this point. Hit, try to find a double. But I think the 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 biggest point that Ferris made is find yourself a, a, a good partner too, right? You know, if you're not gonna go down that guru trap like I went, um, which I did learn some stuff, but I I ultimately met a lot of great people. Um, you know, finding the right partner that has already has that knowledge and can kind of lead you through the traps is uh, probably one of the most important things you can do, right? You know, so let's keep going. Got some more questions. Let's do so it. Trevor, nice seeing you last week, by the way. Appreciate Trevor. you making the drive down from Thanks, buddy. Austin I know. down to Houston for our meetup. So for those that don't know, we host a meetup every first Thursday of every month here in Houston. Trevor drove all the way down from Houston, uh, from, from Austin. Austin. Thanks, we, Trevor. I know it was yeah. loud there too, man. But we're we're trying. We're, we're reworking the audio. We're reworking it. We're reworking. We're work, it. Yeah, it's our second time at that venue. But he said a hundred people, hundred percent of people invest with those they know, like, and trust. Yep. The personal touch is great. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one other question we got. So how do you communicate problems and challenges of a deal to investors? I think once again it goes back to how you're already doing it, right? You need to be communicating monthly via email or over a phone call. The other thing that we've had a lot of success with, and it's not necessarily challenges, it could be successes too, is having a webinar, right? You don't have to have just one webinar with your investors, right? You can have other webinars throughout the course of owning the property too. And that's a good opportunity to record, you know, your thoughts on the deal and how things are coming along, as well as allow people to come on and ask questions, right? We typically do those um, live versus recorded, which we do our, our upfront webinars. And it's been wildly successful. It gets people more comfortable. Hey, we're, you know, we're on track or, you know, if we've had some challenges, these are what we're going to do to solve those. And, and people typically walk away with those with, with good feedback to us. Thank you for doing that. And I'd say that that's another way to, uh, to communicate as well is do another webinar, you know, and that's, and then you send out the recording to people that can't make it because typically there's going to be a majority that can't, right? So let's keep moving. Can't. There we go. Open Q&A. We're already so there. Let's see. If you have comments, questions, please go ahead and drop them. We're happy to kind of go through them live. We do this every Monday, 3.30 Central. Come rain, snow, sleet, or hell, although there probably is one in a couple weeks I will miss, but I'll be traveling. Hey, whoa, 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 We'll make whoa, it happen. Whoa, maybe I'll whoa, dial in whoa. from... Uh, We're going to get Shanna in on this. Yeah, maybe. Heck yeah. Um, She's like, no, I'm not doing that. She does not <laughs> want to sit next to you and have to listen to your bad jokes, man. Um, let's keep going then. So any comments, questions... Bring them on. Otherwise, let's keep rocking and rolling. All right, all right. So you can't get away from Money Monday without no. us talking about. So our conference. Oh, ooh. Best multifamily conference in the country, right? Really meant to be a neutral environment. We've had tremendous success for it. Our big one's the one in our backyard here in Houston, and yep. that is coming up in a while still. Well, how many people are we trying to get? Six, seven hundred people. Oh my gosh. Ben keeps saying five to six hundred, but he, you know, he, he's a pessimist. I'm the optimist here. All right. Half cup empty, half cup full. We're gonna get it. Six hundred people plus. That's gonna be awesome. It's our big right. one in the backyard. 
you know, and, and again, it's really about, we don't sell anything, it's really about networking and content, right? We have some awesome speakers yeah. coming up, and ticket prices will go up every week for the next 20 weeks. Yeah. Maybe the math. Um, Is that, yeah, that sounds about right, maybe. I'm, I'm yeah, uh, close. Um, and, you know, obviously, book sooner than later. We've sold out on before in the past. What's the coupon code, buddy? Coupon code EARLYBIRD for oh. kind of the best discount. 180 bucks off. Are we making any money on this thing? No, we just looked to break even. It's all Apparently, we're not making any money, which is fine, because we're not doing it for that, folks. We're not there to sell you anything. We're not there to make money off of you. We are creating a platform where people can come and have a good time, learn, and ultimately, the most important thing about this, right, and this is why it's in our namesake, is to network, right? So we did a really cool thing in Miami. We'll probably continue to iterate on that where we're, we're forcing folks to, to network early on and get to know the folks that are in attendance. And we create you know, events throughout the day to kind of encourage that. So it's a one day event, February 12th, 2022, here in Houston. Where's the venue? MFinvestornetwork.com, Boom. Weston City Center in Houston. Boom. Um, let's see, so okay, a couple of questions. Let me go through some more comments. Ryan Johnson says, I plan to be there. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. All right. Lizanette asked a good question. Have you ever rejected an investor for reasons other than financial? And if so, how did you handle that situation? Yes. The answer is yes. Right. Not everyone that wants to invest should invest in your no. deal. And you got to, just like they want to make sure they like, know, and trust you, you want to make sure you like, know, and trust them as well. Right. So for a variety of reasons. Yeah. You got to, you got to handle that one very delicately. Right. You don't want to piss anybody off. Uh, you know, there's a couple ones I won't, I won't go down a rabbit hole, but you know, typically you can, I, I came from sales and I could, t I could, I could smell out or sniff out a tire kicker or somebody that was just trying to really just shop the market and had no intention of really buying from a mile away. And that's the same thing with an investor. A lot of the times they're just trying to learn off of you. So they'll ask dozens and dozens of questions you know, there's always more questions and upon more questions, they'll never committing to anything. And ultimately what I've known too is those folks will typically start off the conversation with, can I come in less than the, the minimum, right? And so you just need to kind of feel them out and realize that, you know, you're providing an opportunity for folks. If they want to put you through the ringer, you know, because they think that you need them, then you've already lost the, the, you know, the point of all of this, right? You're providing them an opportunity. They should be clamoring to come and, and invest in your projects. And those are the types of investors that you ultimately want. Now, they're allowed to ask questions. We love questions. We want them to ask questions, right? But there's a, there's a point where it starts becoming a, a time suck and you have to cut it off and say, hey, look, you know, we already have people that have already invested. You know, it's it shut off. It's done. You know, you've, you've kind of missed your opportunity. And ultimately, if they come back and they're a little bit more, you know, I guess, expedient in the process next time, then maybe they've learned that, hey, yeah, they can't I, ask dozens and, and dozens and of questions. And I'll add the other reason, too, is just people that don't really believe in the deal, right? No, they don't really yeah. believe in the deal. I'm not going to talk anybody into you it. You know, and they're, they're, you know, it's becoming a drag. We've said, hey, man, it's probably not the right deal for you. It's okay. Like, here yeah. you go. You and know, doing that have, early on, too, yeah. right? Don't, don't let them beat you up. Right, you know, because there's going to be people that don't like Houston deals, or don't like Atlanta deals, or don't like value add deals, or don't like this or that. Right, you know, I mean, typically we we've seen that on every single one of the deals where somebody's trying to kind of poke holes in our business plan, and that's fine. Right, they're allowed to ask those types of pointed questions, but you know, if they're ultimately just trying to get you in a gotcha type situation, and they really have no intention of of investing in the deal because they don't really like the deal, they don't like the area then why waste time with them? So it's a delicate situation. I'm not saying go tell them to go pound sand, right? You want to handle it with, you know, politically correct, you know, feedback, but it's going to happen. You know, there was a lady, right. there was that one lady that, you know, asked us, what, 50, 60 questions multiple, multiple times. 
And we ultimately just said, hey, this is, this is not going to work out. And we, we sent her on her way. Um, All right, let's keep going. Cool. So Amanda Larson, who great seeing you last week as well. Glad right, I'm glad having these meetups. I kind of miss seeing all these people. I know, right? Said it's a great conference. If you haven't been, I highly recommend it. Different than the others. Thanks, Amanda. We look thank forward you, to you, seeing you, you there and look forward to seeing you hopefully in a month. And maybe we'll make it out to your meetup here. We very need soon. to. We need ben to. Ben and I are talking. We will absolutely do it. We need, we're going to come support you. Um, let's see. Your buddy Ed Aguilo says, I'll be there. Planning on bringing in friends, a friend as well. Awesome. 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 forward to it. And... Otherwise, let's see if anyone has any more comments, questions. Please go ahead and drop them in. Otherwise, we're about almost at the end of time. So we're going to call it a wrap here in a minute or two. All right, all right. So before we get to that, what's coming up next week, man? Talking about the types of multifamily properties we buy. Oh, my gosh. Do we buy mobile home parks, Ben? We would, but we don't. We don't. Nope. Do we buy D-class properties, Ben? Absolutely not. No, we're not buying in the hood, folks. That's not our business model. luxury, Ben? No, absolutely not. There's not enough beat on that boat. No, but we buy everything else. Yes, That's everything in between. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that we wouldn't. There might not on a D class I wouldn't. I'd never, but an A plus, you know, if there's something there, if there's All a right. story there. Let's see. Let's keep going. We got another question that came in. Again, Ali Abdullah. Looks like he's quite the diplomat, because now this one's directed at Ben. Ooh. Uh, ben, what skills would you advise a young aspiring real estate investor to learn and get good at? Modeling, underwriting, so they can uh, break into the industry and add value to GPs because I feel like big players don't want to hear that you want to learn. They want to hear what value you can add to their deals and maybe they break you in a small percent. And what's, I guess I guess my question back to you, Ali, is what's wrong with that, right? You know, you well, have that's to... the biggest question is ultimately, you know, hey, I can go learn a model, I can go do that, but that doesn't really... If I'm still brand new, I'm not adding value to another guy. But so you, how do you I might get to be. The point? But you might be if you're if you're adding value to a, a, a guy that doesn't know how to underwrite very well. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll turn it around. There are guys with a bunch of skill sets, right? Huh. Not everybody knows how to underwrite. Not everybody knows how to do other things. Even people that have bought an apartment or two, they may be constrained, right? I mean, for us, we were literally talking about it right before this. We have a really robust underwriting pipeline, yes. right? We look at a ton of deals, and we're literally talking about rejiggering that to look at even more deals, yeah. right? So most people have a bandwidth problem. So even if you're still newer, right, you may still be solving a problem. And I just say roll the dice and reach out to people and see what they say. You know, right? I mean, you just kind of never know. I'm, I would say in this business, right, you know, if you want to just say a, a skill that you should, and I, and I talked about this at a meetup last week, right, a skill that I would say is very important is, is learning sales, right, learning marketing. I think that ultimately as a business owner and as a business person, you always ultimately always need to know how that works, right? You're selling yourself, you're selling an opportunity, you're selling to an investor, you know, whatever it might be, right? If you, if you get comfortable with understanding how that process works, you're going to be successful in this business, right? You know, but I would even say, so say you, you've learned underwriting and maybe you partner with a guy that already knows how to underwrite, but like Ferris has said, he has a bandwidth problem. He can only look at and underwrite himself five deals a week. Right, you can add another five deals, so now he's looking at ten deals. That's adding value. So ultimately, what I tell people is determine what your superpower is, and then go all in, and then network. Right, the only way that you're going to find potential partners to even add value to is by stepping into these these networking opportunities, whether they be in person or Zoom or whatever they might be. Put yourself in those situations so you can find those potential partners, right? Because I'm going to tell you, if you're starting off, you're young, right? Regardless if you're some rock star underwriter or whatever skill set. If, you, if you're not partnering with somebody that's already somewhat experienced, have already done some deals, it's going to be real hard for you to break into the business, unless you just have bukus of money, right? And not everybody starting off is going to be that, luck, that lucky. 
All right, let's keep so, going. So Ollie says, directed at both of you. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I'm just, just laughing because you guys the first one at me, the second worry. one at Ben. So no. Don't worry about yeah. this guy. Uh, me and Ben just assume all questions are interchangeable between us anyways. There you go. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, Ed Gillis says, great meeting, guys. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. And we are over time, so I would say let's go ahead and just call it a wrap. So if cool. anyone has any more questions, send them to us offline. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Awesome. Every Monday, 3.30 Central. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.